0: Maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can do all of that at our church website at CalvaryDivine.org. That's CalvaryDivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be starting the new book of First Peter. I simply entitled this series, Jesus is our hope in the hardship. Here is First Peter chapter one, verses one and two, the introduction to the book of 1st Peter this is the second half in conclusion to this two part study you know through Peter writes 1st and 2nd Peter why liberal scholars would argue over who write Peter when it is called the book of 1st Peter it's like hello so where are we in this it says that Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ so now you understand that he is an apostle of Jesus Christ you probably knew that coming into this but there's probably something in there that you need to retain from Peter because as an author of the book, you understand he understands what suffering is. So as he talks about hardship and he talks about hope, he's telling you, I have been with Jesus. And that's where your hope lies. And so he's writing right now, it says, to the apostle of Jesus Christ, uh, to those who reside in strangers scattered. So who is scattered? That's the question. So the refugees of the Jewish nation had been scattered. Now there is a remnant of uh, Gentiles that he's writing to as well, but it's primarily an audience of Jews. An audience of Jews that have lost their homes, that have lost their livelihoods, that have had members of their family killed for their faith, for following the way, and now they're in a foreign country. They're in a foreign country, and the land that they're in is actually modern-day Turkey. So when you see these Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia who were chosen, there is no place on the map, that you'll find that because that was Roman Empire ruled. This is actually modern-day Turkey. Real places, real people, real events. That's the Bible. They can, they can prove these things. And it's important for us to understand, like, as he's writing to this audience, he's conveying the main ideas. Just simply this is the main verse, the main theme verse for this book is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow His steps. It's like as you go through suffering you bring glory to God but you follow the example that have been set for you by who? Not Peter, Christ. Christ. It's important for us to understand that. So when we the, the whole purpose of us taking time to go through, through 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 about afflictions is because the book of Peter deals with suffering. And I truly believe in 2024 the Christians will be pressed like they've never been pressed before. And you need to stand for your faith. And if you don't think you're going get to get pressed, I never in my lifetime would have thought that Alistair Begg would condone going to a gay wedding in an interview. The audio's out. Not only go to the gay wedding, but bring a gift. I know that Jesus went and ate with sinners. But Jesus never went to the temple of Diana to see what the worship was so he could speak to them as that sexual morality was going on. Did he? He met with them in a public place and shared the gospel. And I... Man, I'm hoping Alistair Begg has a... a, It was on the Christian worldview this morning. So if you want to... If you have any questions on where I'm getting this, because, I mean, be holy for I'm holy. So the Christian worldview had a whole show on it today it's it's we're going to be pressed we're going to be pressed whether or not you want to follow lgbtqia and all these things that are being pushed mother earth worshiping the creation over the creator all this stuff that's being pushed in our culture and pressing on christians that's why I had shared with you on 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, so that no one would be disturbed by these afflictions. For you yourself know that we have been destined for this, for even when we were with you, keep, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer afflictions, and so it happened as you know. It's important for us to understand as we look at afflictions and suffering and hardships, that you have Jesus Christ. I don't know why pastors don't teach this. Paul taught this. Paul made this something that had to be taught. He's like, you teach these young churches that you're going to go through affliction. Not only are they to share Christ and to be the light and the salt of the world, but they're also to to make disciples, but have been prepared for afflictions because they're coming. And so Peter writes about this, and that's what... Uh, why just I entitled the series overall just Jesus is our hope in the hardship we put our hopes in too many things that are not Christ and we're going to go through suffering but you know what when you go through suffering one or two things happen you're either going to grow or you're going to grumble which one are you going to do you're going to grow in Christ or you're going to grumble right it's so easy to grumble right we have an audience to grumble to. We can go on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook and just grumble all day long. You realize there's a lot of people grumbling on those things. Unhappy people. And some of them are Christians. It's like at the end of the day, we, when we, we, we were told that we were going to go through this, and that's what Peter is going to be explaining throughout this book, is that you are going to go through afflictions. You're going to go through hardship. But you have hope. One of the things that we'll learn next week is our hope is in our salvation, and we are to have great rejoice in that. In First Peter chapter one verse six, in this you greatly rejoice, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. We have hope in the result of joy and in joy. In First Peter chapter one verses eight through nine, and though you have not seen him, you love him, and though you do not see him. Now, but believe in Him, you greatly rejoice with a joy inexpressible, and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. An inexpressible joy. Is that you today? Do you have an inexpressible? You have Christ. Are you allowing the world to beat you down? You have Christ. Peter saying, Hey, look! I've been arrested. I've been beaten. I was going to be killed. But I have inexpressible joy because I have the salvation of Jesus Christ. There ain't nothing that a man can do to me on this world. They can kill me. But they don't own my soul. I live on. That's why Billy Graham said, Don't, don't mourn me. I'm alive. Don't believe what the newspapers say. That Billy Graham is dead. I'm more alive today. Like there's nothing that man can do to you. But we need to have that inexpressible joy because of our faith and because we have the promise of our salvation. We have hope in, in why Jesus came for us in First Peter chapter one verses 20 and 21. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but he has appeared in the last times for our sake for the sake of you. who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that Your faith and hope are in God. Like God sent His Son on a rescue mission. And how many of us have been rescued? I have. Praise God. And how many of us are going to go try to rescue some more? That's the whole purpose. Do you understand like if the rapture was to happen today, how many people would go to hell? How many people would just go ahead and believe that there are aliens? Because that's where that story's going. They have to explain where all the Christians went. So what do we, how do we explain that? Oh, we, aliens. And so that's what happens. And so many people will just go deeper and deeper into their sin. 30% of this generation are now LGBTQIA. 30% because that's what indoctrination does. So at what point is the Christian's message of sharing the gospel going to get back to doing what it's supposed to do? That means we have to actually get outside the church and actually have inexpressible joy and share our faith. But we don't want to talk to people about our faith. We're worried about what they're going to say or how they're going to perceive us. We're worried that they're going to walk away from us and not have, want to have a relationship with us. And guess what? I'm going to do like, well, who was it, NSYNC? Bye, 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 bye. I'm gone. On to the next person. Right? They didn't need to be in your inner circle anyway. Hello? They're just going to pull you away from, from Christ. We also have the hope in holiness and obedience in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which w- were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. So he's saying, hey, like, do you understand, like, when Jesus would say, Simon Peter... He was referring to Simon Peter because he's like, Simon, you're acting like Simon the fisherman. You're going back and reverting to your old self. And we have to be very careful that we don't allow the former lust lust of this world to pull us back in. You know, I, I, I stopped chewing tobacco when I was twenty eight years old. In Alabama it's the right of life. At twelve years old to hand you a can of tobacco. You start chewing. And I will not lie to you. That Walmart, that's the devil. That Walmart has my tobacco, which I couldn't find anywhere. I was in the line. And this tells you how quickly the former lusts of the old world are. I'm in the line paying for something. I look up and I see that beautiful green can of Hawkins. I chewed a, a brand that nobody else chewed. Because you know why you do that in the military? Nobody asks you for any. That's how people learn how to smoke cigarettes that nobody else smoked because in the military, it going to be a cigarette. Oh, I can't smoke those. Okay. And I saw that can. And I thought to myself, should I start back up again? And that's how quickly the former lust, like that, like a light switch, can come back into your life. And I had to run. I know the, the I was like, man, Lord, Get me out of here. I'll never use that register in that Walmart ever again because I know what that register has. But that's how quickly that was something that I had in my life that God said had to go. And I haven't done that since 28 years old. I'm in my 50s now. And that's how quickly the former lust of the world can pull you in. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. We're going to learn about that. Part of the thing about hardship is as we learn about the hope, you also have the hardship is only for a little while. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, highlight that. That's part of His attributes. The God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ will Himself perfect, conf- uh, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I love that. And that should be something that we should have written. Like, I, I, like I'm in this suffering for right now, but the God of all grace has me. And when it's time, when it's whatever you need to teach me, Lord, whatever I need to learn from this, Lord, whatever, whatever I'm going through, Lord, maybe it's to remember we talked about afflictions were to help others. The same affliction that you're going through may help somebody else that God puts in your life because you'll be able to minister to them. God's going to use it. But the God of all grace knows exactly when. Because He is perfect. And he I love that. Who's going to strengthen you? He will. He will strengthen you. Hardship was experienced by Jesus on our behalf in First Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For you have been called for this purpose, purpose because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you would follow in His steps. And when hardships uh, hit believers, we understand that we are cared for by God. In first Peter chapter 5, 7 it says, and having cast all your anxiety on him because he cares about you. Those are some of the things that we're going to learn as we get into the book of First Peter next week. So what application could you take from Peter's life? Well, Peter fell. Peter fell. And there's not a person in this room that hasn't. Are we going to show grace? Are we going to point them to Jesus? And I love that because, you know, we see the restoration of Peter, but we also see that Jesus rebuilds him and builds him back up and restores him for what? Service. And God uses him in a mighty way. And So don't throw away somebody's life because they fall. Help build them back up. Get them back to Jesus Christ. And, and, and I love what Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 says, If we are faith, faithless, He will remain faithful, for He cannot disown Himself. Like even when we're, we're struggling, like Jesus has got you, He's going to pull you back to the right relationship with you. The other thing, part of discipleship, Peter was rebuked. What does the word rebuke mean? To correct. None of us want to be corrected. But we see that Jesus corrected and patiently taught Peter. And we need to have that same attitude when we are in the church. People may not respond the way that you expect them to respond. They may respond to you the way that Peter responded. And you may have to gently talk to them and rebuke them. But that's part of discipleship. It's part of discipleship. Even Mike has to be corrected at times. And so, if I say something, or I maybe there's something in the teaching that you go, man, that I'll listen, I'll take it, and I'll learn from it. I talked taught talk about divorce one time, and and I remember somebody got hurt on the way that I said it because my mom, my mom had married three times, three times, and you know, sadly, the 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 marriages were a train wreck because she never. It, They were always based on putting the man in idolatry. My mom gave up so much of her life emotionally, physically, and spiritually on the idolatry of men. She worshipped my father. Then she found another man to worship and left my father. And when that man failed her, oh Lord, my daughters and my son remember her there, man, I was, I was embarrassed as a son to have her around her grandchildren because she ran the streets trying to find a husband. And it wasn't until she found Jesus Christ now she's found her husband and Jesus brought her a husband. And that man is patient because my mom requires a lot of patience. <laughs> That's probably one of the most patient men I've ever, I've ever met. But we, we have to remember like uh, there are times like when even when I share something because divorce was such a real thing to me and then I almost went through that as I w- me and my wife were separated but she took it personally and she came up and told me you have no idea what you're talking about. And I was like, okay. Well, tell me. you know What is it that I'm missing? What is it I need to share? I, like I, I'll take the rebuke. But I knew that it had touched a nerve. It wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit. And, but it's okay. I'll listen. So if you need to even come and tell me something. I'm. Hey we all need to be corrected at times. We all do. Psalm 38 verse 8 says. I will instruct and teach you. In the way you should go. And that's what, what Jesus did with, with Peter. And Jesus did that with this reckless filthy fishermen of God that God uses and that's what we all are we're just filthy fishermen the Lord uses us and, and that's the beauty of it we're unschooled we're, we're ordinary but you know what he had he had Jesus one of the things I love is that the little girl who comes up to Peter because it's a little girl who comes up and says he speaks like they like like one of them that's, that's a beautiful piece of scripture because that's how we should be recognized. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Now they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated, untrained, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. This is why for me, when I read the book of when I when I have been reading the book of 1 Peter, I understand that Peter wrote the book. Because he's untrained. He's unqualified. He is God's son. He is his child. And God has empowered Peter with the Holy Spirit. And now this man can speak as if he has been walking with Jesus. And he knows the doctrine. Because he's empowered by the Holy Spirit. And and that's a beautiful thing when we see the little pebble. The little pebble. Little Rocky do the great things that he did. Peter did amazing things. And Peter was still hard-headed. I mean, when, they, when, he, when the discussion came up about the Gentiles and the Jew, Peter kind of cowered back a little bit, and Paul called him out for it. So even then, Peter got rebuked, And he learned from it. Don't ever stop being teachable. Like, even like, like, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, don't stop being teachable. The moment that you're not teachable anymore, you're in trouble. That's the quickest way to fall back into your old lifestyles or to become a legalist. Peter was built, his faith, on the perfect chief cornerstone and the perfect cornerstone, Jesus Christ. If you think about where I, where I grew up in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, every house is, is on the marshland. Most of the houses are on the marsh. It's all ocean and, and marsh and alligators and snakes and all kinds of wonderful swamp stuff but when you build the house if you don't build it correctly on the foundation on the right foundation it'll fall apart the the leaning tower of Pisa like they say that thing can fall at any time they went and made adjustments on it and kind of fixed it uh, a few years back and it'll last for another eighty years I think and the reason why it's on a marsh the foundation was never put in properly He tells us in Matthew chapter seven, verses twenty-four through twenty-seven. Therefore, anyone who hears the these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against the house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and do not act on them will be like foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell and its collapse was great. So, we get into the book. Peter's the author. He's writing to the Jews who have become refugees that have lost everything. And they're being treated unfairly even in the country they're in, in Turkey. But he's going to tell you that there's a hope in Christ. Right? there's a hope in Christ and and that you are even though I tell you that you're still going through hardship and this is the gospel nobody wants to preach because we all want to live comfortably right that's what I love about y'all nothing's comfortable in a small church you have to set up you have to tear down you have to sometimes the heater's working great sometimes it's not sometimes it's cold sometimes we get pushed into another room When we don't stop being in God's Word because it's the Word of God that transforms lives. We don't stop discipling others and loving on others as they come in. And we don't stop sharing the Gospel. If we can stick to those foundations of understanding that we have hope in our hardship through Jesus Christ and when somebody's going through hardship we have somebody who's going to be setting up and going through surgery soon. We prayed for her last week, and we need to continue to pray for her. I got one of our kids in school, Clyde. Uh, got to pray for him. Got to pray for him and his mom. We have people that are here hurting this morning, and we need to pray for them. We, we, we're a community of followers of Christ, just like the young church. It's like Miss Loy was saying she needed help, so two of the guys are going to go help her this week. And help make that happen. It's like that's what we do as a body of Christ. Let's not stop doing that. Peter's book is going to be a wonderful book. We're going through First and Second Peter. But I thought it was important for you to understand. Because what do most people remember about Peter? The fall. They forget that he was in Pentecost and that he preached. They forget he was part, like most of the book of Acts, is Paul and Peter. Right? We forget that. We forget that he, who, re, who helped restore John, Mark, Barnabas, and Peter? Because Paul eventually uses John, Mark. It's, it's important to understand. It's the fall that we need to remember. It's the restoration and the turn back to Christ that we need to remember. That Christ cared about Peter and restored him. And he can restore any one of us. And that he'll be your hope in the hardship.